Hello, beautiful people. It's your host, Brittany Ball of the Be Chic podcast. In this podcast, I help women to find clarity and direction in their money, career, personal growth, and side hustles. This month of April is Financial Literacy Month, and we are already in our third episode of the season. I was so excited to start this episode or start this series, I should say, that I started it early in March, which was basically a great opportunity for us to lay the foundations of what a positive money mindset is and how to start your budget before we got into the meat and potato of this series talking about money mindset. Today, we'll be focusing on putting some practical actions in place to foster a healthier money mindset. This episode and series is for you if you find yourself having these thoughts. What will I do until my next paycheck? I make too much money to still struggle with having enough money. I know it's not in my budget, but I deserve this splurge. It's so hard to save. I never have enough money left over. I can't wait to start making more money so that I can do X, Y, and Z. I'll never get out of debt, so why should I try paying it off? I haven't looked at my bank account in days. I have no idea what it looks like, or I'm scared to see what it looks like. And the last one, I wish I had more money to dot, 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 or if I had more money, I would dot, dot, dot. All of today's tips are meant to help you get out of this scarcity mindset and self-destructing financial habits. Let's reshape those with some new ones. And if this isn't you, this episode can still help you with determining best practices for your money. So we typically interact with our money in these ways, spending, saving, borrowing, and investing. So I'll address some best practices you should be using today as it relates to your mindset. Spending is the trickiest topic of all these because it is directly linked to instant gratification when it comes to spending your money, obviously outside of your bills and necessities. I try to put myself into a growth mindset to make the best decisions when spending my money. I ask, is what I'm about to buy myself something that will contribute to my growth, long-term happiness, or productivity? It can be easy to fall into the trap of thinking you deserve something, and since you have the money for it, that's justification. But when you think of it from the growth mindset, it helps you better determine the need and positivity it'll bring to your life. Obviously, I'm all for getting things you don't need, but want and can afford. However, that should be on the lower end of your priority list. I know you're thinking, that's still very hypothetical. How do I put this into practice? Well, I simply categorize all my spending. If something doesn't fit in the budget, I don't get it. If I find that I still want it weeks later, I save for it with money from the budgeted category it falls under. This stops me from impulse shopping and becoming simply a hoarder. (laughs) Don't become a hoarder of things you don't need. It's not cute. Another guiding principle is to prioritize your spending with three main categories to begin with. 10% to tithes, you're religious like I am, 10% to savings, and a percentage of your choosing to put aside to do whatever you want with. This is liberty, but within constraints. 
So depriving yourself of things is not negative, but a way to vet out the bad ideas or figure out how soon you want something. So by having those categories, you can pretty much determine what you'll allow yourself to get as long as you set aside that money off the top before paying any bills or setting it aside for savings. Speaking of, next up is savings. And this one I believe is often neglected. While you're so busy worrying about your present, future you is put on the back burner. And most money worries come from a lack of financial resources to do what we have to do in times of emergencies. You can look at your money in two ways. A stingy mindset that doesn't feel like you have enough or an abundant mindset that has you make a good decision for your future self despite some sacrifices you may have to make today. I know it's tempting to slight your savings when you look at your budget and it seems like you just don't have enough to cover it. But I encourage you to save at least 10% of your income at minimum. Despite bill fluctuations throughout the month, set this aside for emergencies. Having this steadfast rule takes additional mental work out of the budgeting process and alleviates stress. When an emergency arises, even if you don't have all the funds needed, you will have more than what you would have had if you didn't save. If you can't save 10%, don't let that be an excuse to not save at all. Pick a number that is doable and stick to it. Let's say you have some long-term goals as well. Save a lesser amount for emergencies and fill in the gap with savings for your goals. This helps motivate me to maintain my savings because it is linked to a goal, trip, or purchase. Making the act of saving positive because it's linked to something I enjoy helps with consistency. There are a ton of ways to do it, but the key is to save and save consistently. Automating the process will build your confidence with money if you're always worried about not having enough or unforeseen situations. I also mentioned in an earlier episode that I noticed that I saved a lot more when it was automated and I wasn't actually active in doing the saving each paycheck. And so I would surprise myself when I would look up and see what my total balance was because I automated it and it made me feel so much better about potential emergencies because I thought about my future self when setting that automation and then just letting it do its work. I also like the competitive or gamification of saving by following challenges and savings plans. There are a bunch of variations and I have them saved on my Pinterest board, so I'll link that in the show notes for you to check it out. The last tip I have on savings is to use a high-yield savings account. These are typically online-only bank accounts for non-investment accounts. I currently use Capital One for this. They give me a much higher interest rate compared to the big commercial banks. Seeing that extra money, although small, deposit into my account boosts my mood and encourages me to keep saving no matter what. It's all about tricking your brain into liking it until you actually enjoy it. Your future self will appreciate it. And when you do have to use that savings, you'll have great habits in place to build it back up. So you know I have to talk about borrowing, aka debt. My favorite topic because it's been my greatest thorn in my side that I had to overcome. When it comes to debt, it should always come down to intention and capacity. 
I recently just rewatched episode one of season four of the show Fargo. When Chris Rock's character was pitching the idea of the credit card to a major regional bank, he said that people don't want to be rich. They want to appear rich. And this is such a true statement. Credit cards are enticing because they allow you to acquire things you otherwise would not have been able to without the credit card. But it comes at a price. Interest payments, potential credit score effects, and more financial responsibility. So what are your intentions for credit cards? Is it just to appear rich or better manage the money you already have? Also, what is your financial capacity for credit cards? If you have balances that can't be paid off easily, don't spend it. Revolving debt is the trickiest and most harmful debt you can get into when it comes to borrowing. I suggest to only use revolving debt, such as credit cards, as a means to boost your credit score and finance any large purchases that you can pay off within three years with a reasonable interest rate. Play the system. Don't let it play you. Take it from me, an ex-player. Well, um, victim. (laughs) A practical strategy to employ here is to use a credit card that earns points on everyday purchases. Only spend your allocated budget on everyday things like groceries and gas. Pay off the car every month, twice a month if you can, by splitting the total due in half. This will earn you points, boost or maintain your credit score, and increase your future buying power. Credit cards are tempting, I know. But coming from someone who was once in a place where my credit card minimum payments used to outweigh my combined utility bills was not fun. And just with anything else, it can be added stress that influences some crazy actions with your money. Very irrational decisions because of being in a really bad place with your credit card debt. So change your mindset about credit cards. They are not bad, but you have to use a legit plan that leverages them. This comes back to the topic of intention and capacity. If it's not a positive intention for your personal growth or future self, pass. If you can't afford another monthly minimum bill, cut it. Your sanity is worth more than appearing to be on the same level as your favorite Instagram influencer. Now, there is good debt, like installment loans, typically car loans, and property mortgages. However, you do not want to sign up for something that is beyond your means. Again, Having a mindset of comparison and trying to keep up with others will put you between a rock and a hard place, especially with consequences at a much bigger level with these types of borrowing areas. You want to make a level-headed decision with these. They can damage your credit even more so than other items when improperly used. With the right mindset, you can properly manage your debt for a car or home or business As long as housing doesn't surpass 30% of your income and your car about 15%, you are good. These are just good rules of thumb so you can easily determine what's best for your financial situation right now. The last topic I want to discuss is investing. Investing is very similar to savings in the sense that it has to be automated and viewed in a positive light. If you don't see the value in investing in your future, you won't stay committed to it. At the minimum, you should be contributing regularly to a 401k, 403b, 
or IRA account. Any investment above that is definitely like optional and mainly focused on wealth building. But this investing is future proofing your lifestyle. This will ensure that you are putting cash away and earning a nice return for your retirement years. And everyone is saying this, but it's so true. The earlier you start, the better. If you are with a company, try to set aside a minimum of what your company is matching. So for example, if your company matches your contributions up to 3%, start there. Retirement plans can also come in handy with big financial decisions like purchasing a home, paying for college tuition, or during hardships. This is at a price though, but I strongly suggest you avoid doing this if you can. Train yourself to leave all your investments in their accounts until retirement. You owe it to your future self and complicating things will also add stress and impact your relationship with money. Like with savings, having automatic contributions and maybe even tracking your milestones will alleviate poor decision-making and adjusting down when you think you need a little extra cash that check. This one is super simple. As long as you follow these best practices and remember to increase your contributions about every year or when you can handle it, you'll be golden. So all of these strategies are just a few things to put into place and automate your abundant money decisions. Changing the way you think about your money can be a hard task, but setting firm rules for yourself and automating most of the actions makes it easier and easier. Keep these in mind when you spend, save, borrow, and invest. Now, if you feel like you're still struggling with these concepts, even after listening to this episode, I've got you. I know it's a lot. And so I started to take on new clients through my one-on-one money mindset coaching. I'm here to help you build a positive money mindset and get a hold of your finances. If you see the value in implementing these things, but you need guidance, support, structure from an expert, this program is for you. So simply just go to the link in my show notes to get your consultation call scheduled. We'll have a meeting to formulate what plan you should be following moving forward with your money. And then we'll also discuss what all goes into the program to ensure your success. So go to the link in my show notes to get scheduled for that call. But that's all for this week. Make sure to come back for this heat during the Financial Literacy Month series. You can catch all the notifications when you subscribe. So make sure to do that. But also share this episode with someone who you believe needs to hear it.